Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa usalli wa usallam ala sayyid al-awwaleen wal akhirin Nabiyyana Muhammadan wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa barak wasallam All praise are due to Allah, Lord of the worlds and peace and blessings be constantly showered upon our beloved Prophet Muhammad the master of the first and the last and upon his family, his companions and all those who call to his way to the day of judgment To my beloved brothers and sisters those in the viewing audience, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The end of the year 2020 and the beginning of 2021 is taking us into unknown territory. It's taking us into an unprecedented time where human beings have developed amazing technology, but at the same time, the environment is turning against us. The economy is falling apart, our nations are in crisis, and the eth ethnicities of the world are in extreme tension. And so it's critical for us to have clear discussion, straightforward information, ways to come from darkness into light, to go from survival as Muslims and human beings to reviving something else. We want to revive our humanity. Muslims want to revive Islam because we know that is the best way for humanity to reach its needed goals. And so survival to revival is a thought that has been with me over the past 40 years in the field. And after traveling to 63 countries, living with the Muslims, experiencing the nations, 10 critical points came out in terms of taking us through this transition. And I shared these points on four different continents. This year has added a special significance to these points. We need to have something as a basis for our change. We are crying for change. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us in Surah Al-Rad, Allah will not change the condition of a people till they change that which is in themselves. And so the internal change, something which is driving our bodies, driving our vehicles, our societies, a type of fuel coming from the inside. Ten critical areas. Point number one, Ziyadah to Taqwa. And that is that we increase the consciousness of Allah. Because the bottom line behind everything that we do is our relationship with the Creator of the heavens and earth. It is that consciousness that informs us through hoping in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yet fearing the consequences of doing wrong. It is a shield, it is a wiqaya that can protect us spiritually and in all aspects of our life. And so we need to focus on this. We need to develop a beautiful relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth in everything that we do, in every place that we go. Point number two, a return to authentic sources. After being in Muslim communities throughout the world, and this especially is important for Western society, although we have become a global village. One of the greatest problems behind our 
challenges is Islam versus culture. That Muslims, for the most part, take their Islam from their culture. Oh, that's what my father used to do. That's what the people in my village used to do. That's what people in our continent do. People who speak our language. The culture is something that develops over time in a particular environment. But it is not the principles of Islam. The principles of Islamic lifestyle has, co has come to us through the Quran and through the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu This stands the test of time. And so returning to those principles with authenticity means that we need to learn classical Arabic language and we need to learn how to go to the usul, how to go back to the foundations of our faith, of our beliefs, of our practical applications. Point number three, and that is a focus on Islamic character. For centuries, we have focused on ibadat. And ibadat or your, uh, your rituals, how you pray, how you fast, how you make wudu. This is central and critical to the foundation of our Islamic lifestyle. But it is not an end unto itself. There is a reason why you pray. There is a reason why you fast. And we have learned in the month of Ramadan that it is taqwa. Fasting is for taqwa. It is not a punishment of the body. And so, not just focusing on the ritual, but focusing on character. It's the character that comes out of the ritual. It is the spirit of the salat, the spirit of the fasting, the spirit of zakat, the spirit of hajj. And it's so important for our young people because young people will ask you when you tell them to pray, they might say, why should I pray? Have you thought about why? And that is critical for us in our change that we are going through so we get the full benefit of the actions that we are doing. Point number three, wisdom and balance. Extremism is destroying our communities. And we need more of what the ulama would call fiqh al-waqiyah. And that is the, the, the understanding of reality on the ground. How to develop a balanced way to approach fiqh, our understanding of Islamic lifestyle in its application. And so balance wisdom, not going to one extreme or the other extreme. Or point number five, that is healthy, empowered families. And this uh, issue has taken on great significance in the year 2020. Because for a long time we recognized that a healthy, empowered family is the building block of Islamic society. You can have the greatest aqidah in the world. But if your family is broken up, you're going nowhere. You can have the strongest dhikrullah. But if you're separated from your wife, if your children are going astray, then you miss the point. And so healthy, empowered families. In this year of 2020, we understand this more than anything else. Vaccine is not necessarily the answer. Vaccine is part of our Islamic uh, cure for viruses and disease, but it is proactive 
medicine. It is the healthy family. The Prophet ﷺ told us about the black seed, that it will cure everything except death, that's your immune system. He told us about honey. Our scientists have shown us the need for sunlight, vitamin D, vitamin C, living a healthy, healthy lifestyle, drinking fresh water, exercising, eating fresh food. And so develop young people who have healthy habits. Empower the children. Empower the women. And it is crucial that the women of Islam are empowered through education. They are empowered through involvement in all levels within Islamic society. Point number six, shura, mutual consultation. And this is something which should constantly go throughout everything that we do. Shura in our families, shura in our communities, speaking to each other. The imam, the leader, speaking to the community. The presidents, the prime ministers, speaking to the masses. The father and the mother, speaking to each other. Parents, communicating constantly with children. Shura is a crucial concept and needs to be defined and understood. Point number seven, cooperation and unity. This is a critical point because as a mass, we are like sail. we are like the sticks and the twigs on the water. But if we unify ourselves, then we make up over 25%, 26% of the Earth's population. Of the young people in the world today, we make up the majority. And so it is critical for us to unite and to cooperate. But that needs to have a basis. And that is where returning to authentic sources, understanding our lifestyle, being balanced, comes in. At least we could have operational unity. What is operational unity? That is when we understand our strengths and our weaknesses. And if we see a strength in one individual, we cherish that strength. We go behind that strength. If we see a weakness, then we cover the back of our brother and our sisters. If we look at the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they were not necessarily people of huge physical structure. They did not have great wealth. They did not have a major, massive military presence. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them authority on the earth because they came together as one solid saf, one solid line. And it is reported that Khalid ibn al-Walid, the sword of Allah, that he accepted Islam very late. And Khalid was not an expert in reading the Qur'an. And when the Sahaba were together and it was time to make their prayers and they saw Khalid, they probably looked for somebody else because he knew the short surahs. Maybe they looked for Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anh. And Abdullah, a thin Yemeni man, master of the Qur'an, would come forward and Khalid, the tall, six feet warrior, the great sword of Allah, would stand behind Abdullahi ibn Mas'ud. Abdullahi would be his leader at that point in time. But when the enemies of Allah came on the scene, then people would turn and say, where's Khalid? 
put Holland in the front because then his strength shines. So we need to be able to look at each other like this. There are some of us who are excellent in dhikrullah. They are into the, 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 the essence of the heart. They are focusing on the, the higher qualities of character. There are others who are excellent students. There are some who are warriors. There are scholars who specialize in aqidah. They are specialized in our beliefs and our understanding of faith. We need to come together as one line, taking out the best of the qualities of our brothers and our sisters. Operational unity. Cooperation and unity is followed by point number eight, which is an emphasis on the youth. Young people, Muslims in many parts of our planet, are blessed with young people. In some parts of the Muslim world, uh, young people, those who are under 25 years old, make up over 50% of our population. And even in European countries, young Muslims are being born in the hospitals. In places like France, places like Belgium and Holland, young Muslims are making up a majority in some of the major cities. And so emphasizing programs for the youth, involvement for the youth, empowerment for the youth, and not just youth programs on the side, but in the way of Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, involving them directly in the leadership, directly in the education, directly in the movement of society, so that they naturally and seamlessly take over the leadership. This is critical to emphasize the youth. Point number nine is the empowerment of new Muslims. And this point has again taken on great significance in the times that we are living in. Throughout Islamic history, it was like a relay race. And, and the Arabs and the people of Hejaz going into the African continent of Al-Habasha and then moving to Medina and moving out, they had the baton first and they gave it over. And the people of the Persian nations, of Syria, of other parts of Africa, the Amazigh, the Berber people, and now Islam spreading out to different parts of Africa, different parts of Asia, different parts of the northern parts uh, of uh, Russia, down in the Swahili coast. And so it, it continued to spread out and it was that uh, new blood that gave life to the Ummah when it was falling down. The great Salah al-Din al-Ayubi was a Kurdish man. The great Sultan Muhammad al-Fatih who opened up Istanbul was a Turkish man. And you will see that it, it is the non-Arabs in many cases who actually enriched Islam with their culture and with their enthusiasm. This takes on a special meaning today because as we look at the spread of Islam, we see African Muslims, black Muslims who have come into our community and in many cases have not felt the type of warmth and empowerment that Islam has set for them. And so it is critical for us to empower new Muslims 
that new thinking, that new lifeblood, that is what the Ummah is in need of right at this point in time. But that means everybody. And in the areas, for instance, in parts of the United States and in Mexico, Central America, that would be the Latino people who are coming into Islam. Empowerment in parts of the areas where native First Nation people are coming into Islam. Empowerment in parts of Europe and Scandinavia, Germany, where European people are coming into Islam. Empowerment. Every area where that new blood is coming in, we need to focus on this right now because the body of the Muslims is sick and it needs to be uh, revitalized with the teachings of Islam and with new people who have embraced this faith. And following this with point number 10, outreach, a dawah to illallah, that is calling to Allah through providing Islamic solutions to real problems on the ground. And we do it for Allah. That is the best way to call to Allah. And that is the way to fulfill this mission because the world is in crisis. And as we move toward the day of resurrection, the environmental crisis will increase. The sun coming closer to the earth, the floods, the tornadoes, the hurricanes, the detention, the wars that are coming about. And so we need Islamic solutions to real problems. And Allah Azza wa Jal has given us through the Quran itself and the way of the Prophet Muhammad excellent advice if we would but know this advice and implement it and put it into practice. And so these are 10 critical points to take us from survival to revival. And I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would revive Islam in our hearts. That Allah would revive Islam in the Ummah. And to take us from darkness into light. And to make our last words to be our best words. To be kalima la ilaha illallah, Muhammad rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I leave you with these thoughts. And I ask Allah to have mercy on me and you. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you.